Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 354. We are recording this and broadcasting live on Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. I'm Dave Lott. Joining me as always is Bobby Jackson. Hey everyone, happy new year. Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And uh, here to my left, Michelle Hillard. <laughs> Hi everyone. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. How's it going? Made it. Yes. Yes. New year, new beginnings, <laughs> new starts, new inventions, new reinventing yourself, new everything. Let's try to have a positive, positive year. You, you guys have seen the memes where it's like, okay, nobody claimed 2021 to be their year. We're all just going to walk in real nice and quiet and slow and just kind of let mm-hmm. it go. Yeah, <laughs> Don't touch anything. Be real cool. Yeah. Just like take right. it really easy. I stand by that, but I mean, like, it's just I'm not saying you know oh, this yeah. is my year or anything like that. I'm literally just like, hey, let's just let's bring in the positivity and like and really mm-hmm. just and have a new year. It's a new beginning. Like we're at literally at day what three of it, four of it. What is it? Four, three, three, yeah, three, day three <laughs> of it. So you guys aren't on holiday break at all. I'm already <laughs> fucking like, it up. I don't even know. I'm what already it fucking is. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's 2021. Uh, I guess that reminds me, I should start off by pointing out to anyone who's wondering uh, when we are going to do our annual top 10 show, which uh, for the most part for us always falls kind of like in the middle of January. And it's really not going to be any different this year. It's looking like it's going to land on, please correct me if I'm wrong, the 17th of January. I think that's a Sunday. Um, yes. Yeah. So that is the plan right now. Uh, I, as you guys know, binge watch a crap ton of movies before we do our show every year to make up for a lot of movies that I've missed. This will be the ultimate binge this year for me. I have, I feel like I have every year. (laughs) No, I don't know. This is going to be more than ever because I, what have I seen? I feel like I've seen so little. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen some stuff, especially early in the year. We even saw some stuff in theaters before the pandemic hit. But, mm-hmm. but still, there's there's a lot like that I haven't mm-hmm. watched, or at least, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I got a lot to watch. So, I don't know about you guys. I know Bobby's like ready with a list of like twenty five. Oh films. yeah, he's ready to go. He's <laughs> yeah. ready. Which blows my mind. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was looking yesterday and there's really only maybe about six or seven at most movies that I might try and squeeze in that I hadn't had a chance to see that could potentially make a list. But um, aside from that, yeah, I saw a lot more than I realized I did. And that was only just because uh, I started looking at some of the lists for other people and just some of the movies uh, through IMDb of movies that came out this year. And I was like, wow, I've seen that. I've seen that. And I just didn't remember because a lot of them were earlier on in the year. And just between the amount of different movies that I saw, along with the different series of uh, TV shows that have come out on streaming, um, it just kind of almost felt like a blur for some of, some of those things. So, yeah, I saw a lot way more than I realized I did this year or this past year. Nice. Well, I'm looking at the list of 2020 right now, and it is mind-blowing what I have not seen or even known <laughs> what came out. Yeah. I feel like so I am on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to that. Oh, and I've gotten <laughs> to the last of the list. 
Um, that's it. So <laughs> there's maybe <laughs> maybe three or four films that I remember watching. So mm. it's going to be tough. That you remember watching that would be worthy of your list or just period that you've seen? Period. Wow. I was like, I, I was looking at it. I was like, I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I've seen that. I think I, I started that, but never finished it. Mm. Watch that. But mm. it's like, that's not going to be on my list. Um, like, it's just, it's, it's wild. Oh, well, this is popular movies. So mm. maybe I should look up the best, the 2020 films of, of the films of 2020. Yeah. yeah. There was one movie I forgot that I, again, I, like I said, there's a lot that I forgot that I saw. And one movie that, I'm not saying if it made my list or not that I forgot that I saw very early on in the year of 2020 was uh, the Guy Ritchie film, The Gentleman with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. Remember that liking a, that, that one, but I completely film? forgot about that. Yeah, see? Was that 2020? Exactly. I mean, you really have to look to see lists out there to realize yeah, that, that some of these that. movies came out last year because yeah. it just doesn't feel like it. I had that, I had that moment, actually. It might have been earlier today. I was thinking about the movie Emma. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that came out this year. And oh, for some reason, it just feels like it's been so long. Like, like yeah, it would have like been it was on a previous 20, list or something. I feel something. like it was a 2019 film. That's yeah. what I think right. it is in my but head. Everyone's huh. listing it as 2020. Film, yeah, it's so. definitely a 2020 film. Huh. And the odd thing, and we're not really going by those rules that I know of. We haven't really sat down and looked at parameters. But the fact that the uh, movies available for Oscar nominations stretch until February, right? Or March of this oh, year. So, yeah, that's a good so, point. Because in, in previous years, that's always been the kind of guide I think we've all agreed upon, which is if it's eligible for the Oscars, it's eligible for our list. In other yeah. words, it came out in a theater somewhere in whatever year we're doing a list right. for. Some, at some Even point. if it doesn't go wide release many times, yeah. we get a lot of you know Oscar contenders that don't go wide release until like the beginning of the next year. But they got released yeah. at somewhere in L.A. or New York, probably in December. Mm-hmm. And that's usually eligible for our list. Now, you're right. This year, the eligibility requirements for the Oscars are a little different. I I wouldn't say that for our list, for the purposes of our list, I wouldn't follow those requirements, but unless you guys want to not vote this, me down on that not one. Not this but. year, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of films that we're not going to be able to see. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Bobby and I were just talking off air, like, you know, you guys are in California. You don't have theaters you can go to. We do. Right. And the perfect uh, case, case scenario, Promising Young Woman, a movie that is showing up on a ton of lists and is only in theaters right now they push that bad boy back a um, lot too right well we are actually trying to see it probably as early as this week so i mean there's a good chance it could end up on our list but it, you guys probably unless it goes streaming you know before the 17th suddenly <laughs> uh you're not going to get a chance to see it but yeah that also happens a see lot that went movies. a whole different direction I, I that went a whole different direction you were talking about theaters that were open near you i thought you were literally going to invite us to come try and watch the movie with you since oh man i mean florida you, has no rules you want to fly around yeah. right now. We, we don't have rules here <laughs> you can come and go in the state as you want man <laughs> all right borders 
goes across <laughs> state lines whenever we want right. to. We don't care. Although, although it's really hard, Yasha, for us to uh, give them any kind of crap because apparently we're the epicenter for the coronavirus. Yes. Who is, is, right. Even though we have stuff closed. So well, I was going to say, too, I saw, I saw some high. tweets today about like it's so, how many arrests were happening, I guess, to break up New Year's Eve parties in, in the L.A. area. I guess there was a lot of that. I mean, I think there was a lot of that everywhere. There's a lot of that everywhere. Know, it's probably not fair to just point out LA for that, but I just know. think no, I saw I saw pictures um, of some people, some of my friends, like they they're for their New Year's Eve, and like they had like a good 15, uh, 20, 30 people wow. in their in their house. That's I'm just, just like stupid. That's wow. like I don't. I mean. Just because you say fuck COVID doesn't mean that that's your vaccine. Like you don't magically get a blanket of a shield over you just because you're upset and you say that. It doesn't mean that it goes away. Right. And just because you're over it doesn't mean it's over. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And the the horrible thing is, is like those those people like, I I mean, not to get political, but it's like I, I really feel frustration because it's like i get where they're coming from and everything like that like we're all tired of it but it's like if they're not being affected or have had anybody really affected by it they really don't care and it's just that's really what it comes down to i I mean like i've had several stories and heard from several different people that it's been affected you know horribly like a friend of mine his mother passed away she was older but she got in she was gone you know so I mean, that's just the thing is like, if you don't have anybody that's telling you those sad stories, then there really is no reason to take it seriously. I get it. Um, All right. Well, back to movies. Uh, We, of course, Mm -hmm. as you can see in the title of the show, uh, we are going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, We're going (laughs) to share spoiler free thoughts and spoilers. Before we get to that, though, I didn't know if we wanted to go around the table, if there's anything else anybody wanted to touch on before we dig into the Wonder Woman sequel. Um, now, now's your chance if there's anything else you've been watching that you, you kind of want to bring up. Um, I'll talk on something. I have started and I'm just finished, I think, season three of The Mentalist and am full speed ahead with this this show. I love it. Like, it's fantastic. Um, it went off the air a while ago, but it has seven seasons. So it ran a really long time. Um, but I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And it's, it's fantastic. So that's really all I want to add to it. It's just like, I'm, I've started a new show to binge watch. It's on Amazon prime and I'm getting all into it. So it's kind of cool. I guess I got a couple that can jump in real quick and say uh one is the uh new series or the second chapter book or whatever you want to call it for transformers uh war for cybertron was released a few days ago i believe on last wednesday and it's really man it goes by so quick the episodes are like 24 25 minutes long uh six episodes I think I got done under three hours watching the entire second season of it, and it was really good. Uh, I think it did a better job than the first season. The first season lays a lot of foundation, and then the second season builds on that. And uh, it oddly made me feel 
almost kind of sympathetic to Megatron for once. And I, I've never felt that before for Megatron. So I don't know. I think the, the show does a really good job of giving Megatron some layers more than any of the other iterations I've ever seen before using that character. So that was really good. And then um, I binge watched um, Cobra Kai season three, which was fantastic. So uh, I'm looking forward to season four whenever that comes out. I am uh, actually also watching Cobra Kai. I've started that and I'm about four episodes in. So, so not disappointed at all. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying every minute of the show. Can't wait to see where it goes, how it ends the whole nine. Like, I mean, they're, they've done such a good job with this show. It's just not even funny. It makes me sad that uh, other shows can't follow suit with how much this tugs on the, the emotions of the nostalgia and then lays the groundwork for a solid future. Mm. Mm. All right, Michelle, anything? Uh, I finally got around to watching the trial of the Chicago seven. That's right. I did as well. What'd you think? All right. (laughs) Um, no. And it's a, it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Written and directed. It was directed by him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Which means, of course, Dave and I are just not into this film at all. It's actually extremely <laughs> surprising it took us so long to watch. <laughs> it is. It's insanely like, the, surprising. The, the it fact took that so I didn't go, hey, it dropped today. I'm staying home from work and watching this kind of still much. blows my mind. But anyway. Um, no, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I, yeah, It was fabulous, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't really talk too much about it, I guess. But it's... I, I I really enjoyed the acting in it, and honest, the script is spectacular. Um, and it just felt like I was almost watching a play in, in a lot of times, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I'm I'm very happy with that film. It's really good. I mean, yeah, I can't I can't disagree. And I'm yeah, I'm <laughs> not gonna dig into it a lot. This is a movie that's been out for a while, Bobby. You've talked about it on the show before, but I'll just say, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, this was, I think, cause I think Molly's game was the first film he had ever directed. Um, please correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I think so. Uh, yeah. and I really enjoyed Molly's game. I thought that was great as well, yeah. but this is, seems much more his, his speed. If, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's the, this is the kind of film that is just so Aaron Sorkin, the writing, is in his directing is 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 solid in this. I think it's even better than it was in Molly's game. Well, and I think but. I think what I like in Molly's I liked Molly game, Molly's game a lot, but I almost feel like because it was his first one out the gate, he almost tried to get a little too flashy with it in ways. Okay. Whereas this just seemed much more in his wheelhouse. It seemed much more comfortable. Right. And I don't know. It just played out really really well. Yeah. And it's a topic that I'm not that familiar with, like the situation itself. And so it was just interesting to watch and learn and see the whole thing unfold. So, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Like I said, I don't have a lot to add on it. It's a movie that's been out for a bit, but I I thought it was great. On Netflix, I recommend it. I I apologize to Aaron Sorkin for taking so long to see see his movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible. Um, We had to take our badges off for a while. It was really not good. Our membership was on a hiatus. Right, right. We reapplied. We're working on it. Bobby, I thought for sure Michelle was going to say that she 
and you also, David, had been watching uh, Bridgerton. It just seems like it might be something uh, you guys. This is a, yeah, it's an interesting this topic. Michelle, topic. what do you think about that show? <laughs> oh, <laughs> she hasn't watched that or thing. I've not watched Bridgerton. Okay. And yeah, like like the day after it dropped, of course, everybody was talking about Bridgerton on social media, and I was like huh, this seems like something I should be watching. Like, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this. It's, you know, it's taking place during a specific time frame that I, I seem to enjoy. It seems like it's very Jane Austen-esque, but like with, I'm trying to think of the show now, kind of like an stuff. outlander twist to it, kind of like romance-wise. I was kind of like, okay, okay. So I'm watching the trailer and I'm going, I don't know about this. And then I see the production company flash across the screen <laughs> and it's the Shalanda land. And I was like, Oh, that's a no it for turns me. Out she's not much of a fan of, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Shonda, Shonda rhymes, right? That's Shonda rhymes. Yeah. I'm yeah. not Shonda a Shonda rhymes fan. Um, I mean, and I say that and I realize I am very much in the minority and as a whole, especially as a female, um, considering how much love, Grey's Anatomy has, and um, I can't even think, How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. Scandal. Like, you know, and and I'll admit, like, I watched season one of Grey's Anatomy, and when it dropped, I watched it as it aired, and I was like, eh. And then I watched Scandal season one when it aired, and I watched (laughs) season one of How to Get Away with Murder, and I've just come to the conclusion that those just aren't, it's whatever it is it's just not for me um i'm not a fan of that i guess kind of not really genres they're all kind of different genres in a way but i guess it's just it's really like drama but it's really played up really hard and the romances are just very fickle and it just doesn't work for me and so i i actually really don't want to watch Bridgerton. <laughs> Although I know lots of people. I have laugh. a story. <laughs> I have a story about Shonda Rhimes. Well, Scandal in particular. Um, uh, I didn't watch any of Grey's Anatomy. Um, I watched How to Get Away, How to Get Away with Murder, and I watched a lot of Scandal because the girl that I was dating at the time told me how amazing this show was, and that I absolutely needed to start this show. So I started this show, and I was. I went through the first couple of seasons like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then it just started spiraling out of control in the world of ridiculousness for me. And I just was like, this is dumb. And she's like, no, it's this, it's this. I was like, no, this is dumb. <laughs> and in fact, mm-hmm. I can actually prove to you that it's dumb and how contradicting it is. <laughs> and so I decided to start writing a short essay for her, everything wrong with scandal in 500 words or less. or 50 words or less or whatever it was. I think it was maybe 500 words or less, basically a full page review on scandal every, it aired on Thursday night. So Friday morning, I would send it to her. Let's just say I really pissed her off with the holes and the plot holes that I, that I pointed out. And so what's that? What'd you say, Bobby? No, I imagine that wouldn't have went over well when you tell somebody that the show that they love, <laughs> that is, they love is terrible. Yeah. That probably doesn't go over well. No, it, it wasn't even just her, but it's like my sister tried to talk to me about how I need to watch scandal. And I said, Oh, I actually do a review for scandal. Would you like me to send it to you? And, <laughs> 
And so <laughs> I sent her the review as well and started sending them to her. And she was just like, she, she was like, I hate you so much because <laughs> now that you have pointed out all of these problems, I can't watch the show anymore. It's that dumb. And mm. I'm like, yeah, I know it's absolutely asinine. Like it's just, it was good for a minute and I love the idea and the premise of it, but she just, it spiraled out of, out of control. Not to say that there's not a market for her. And I think she has a really good, ta she's talented. Um, I'll take Shonda Rhimes over Genji Cohan any day of the week, like <laughs> any day of the week, because she just doesn't know how to end her shows at all. Uh, mm. Yeah. I think there's just, there's a lot of plot holes. Things are just so far-fetched and ridiculous. A lot of the times, like I said, I oh, feel yeah. like the characters and the characters relationships are very fickle and empty and hollow. Like I don't buy into any of them and it's just, I don't know. The plots just never, it just kind of were like, really? I don't, I just, it didn't, it doesn't work for me. I'm not saying that they're bad. They're just, they've not done anything for me personally. So will I watch Bridgerton? Most likely no. Having said that, if I wind up with COVID and I'm stuck in a bed <laughs> or the flu or something, yeah, I might get just loopy enough to throw that muffer on and be like all right this is what we're doing today but other than that i don't have a desire to really make the time for it i'll put it that way i feel like i'll wind up just going yeah it's more of the same in a different time setting so but it's cool you you don't have to like it yeah. <laughs> no i know no, i'm just no, not at all. i just don't want people to be like she you know it's just not for me that's cool. Some people feel that way about Ryan Murphy stuff, you know. They yes, that, that is true. His shows tend to be yeah. a certain way, so yeah. yeah, yeah, no shame in that. Yeah, I think you know, to each his own. I mean, I think we all are supportive of each other's likes and dislikes and things like that. So it's one of those things, like, yeah, right. there's gonna be things that. Oh no, I can't. I mean, I'm not gonna chastise you for that. When there are other things to chastise you for, Michelle, but I'm just not going <laughs> to focus stuff. on. <laughs> I'm not going to focus wholeheartedly on the appeal or the approval of Shonda Rhimes' work just right. because I kind of yeah. think that it's it's very much geared for one particular audience and that audience has definitely bought into it. It has a, it has a specific demographic right. that it is aiming towards and that's fine. Yes. Agreed. Anyhow. Agreed. Anyway. With Anyways. that. So no, not Bridgerton for me. <laughs> Uh, with that, I guess it's time to dig back into Wonder Woman 1984. I say back into because Michelle and I did record an episode last weekend um, and we talked about the movie. Yeah, just our general thoughts. Uh, we didn't talk about spoilers, but uh, we'll we'll reshare our spoiler free thoughts after Bobby and Yasha share theirs because we have not heard at all what these guys think of this movie. Uh, so I'm very curious. In fact, Michelle and I made predictions on what you guys thought of this movie. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if. Well, like, can we hear the predictions before we get the reviews, oh, or would, man, they, would you rather after? I want to after. <laughs> okay, after. I mean, right. I, I mean, if you've heard and the episode, you've heard. I know. I think Bobby will listen to the episode, so he's heard our predictions, but. I, I did not. I knew you guys were recording, but, but I wanted to go in green. I wanted to go in completely fresh, not knowing what you guys thought of the show or the movie. So yeah. I thought we were going to all review today, but um, that's fine. Like, totally fine. 
and off air, I did agree to go first. So I am happy to dive in and share my thoughts. All right. And comparing, considering how much you're laughing, David, I feel like you know where I'm going to go <laughs> with a lot of this. So, I mean, all I can say is trap in, motherfuckers, because here we go. Okay? <laughs> All right, spoiler free again. No, spoil, no spoilers spoiler yet. Spoiler free right now. Okay. He's like, okay. Spoiler free. Just off the top of my head of what I've told my friends when they've asked me about the movie and what I thought and if they should watch it, my immediate response was I was wildly disappointed with the outcome of this film. I've watched it two and a half times. Um, so I watched it. The first time I watched it, I was I was in it. And the second time, I feel like I tried to pay more attention to it to see if I missed anything or if there was some deeper scale of the movie that I did not latch on to. And the other time, this third time, I'm watching it kind of as background noise because I just want to make sure that I, I am really getting the full aspect of it. It's mostly on when I'm working. Wildly, wildly disappointed in the portrayal of this character, the outcome of this movie, the development of their villains, the, the, the plot and storyline was so unbelievably predictable that a friend of mine who's not even into movies like I am, and like we are, he said he predicted everything down to the very last scene. Like he just knew, he just was like, oh, it just didn't make sense to me. Like he, and we talked a lot about it and his wife, who was a huge Wonder Woman of the first fan, fan of the first movie, even she thought it was trash. I don't want to say that it's trash. I just say that I was completely and utterly disappointed with the outcome of this character and this movie. I look at the first one as a huge accomplishment in the progression of characters comic book characters, women as a, as a leading force in holding the, uh, holding the, uh, the, 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 the front and center screen when it comes to being on the, uh, a real draw and a real market for that. Um, women from uh, other countries, minority women. Um, and just the, the power that, that, that this woman really kind of portrayed. And it's like, we went ahead and, decided to make this movie and I rate the first one I think when we're really thinking about it as like an eight or a nine in regards to on a scale of one to ten is how enjoyable and how much I really got out of it and how much fun I thought it was I look at this next one as like a three or a four like it didn't even break the halfway mark for me I felt it was generic I felt it was lazy I felt it was rushed and I felt it was um, overall just unimaginative when it came to really portraying, I think, this character, her power, her strength, and everything to that nature. I was wildly disappointed in the outcome of this film. Um, the first time I watched it, I really thought, I was like, wow, what the shit that I just watched? And then after the second time I watched it, I was just like, all right, I can kind of see what they were going for with this and kind of see what they were going for with that. But Overall, I was not super pleased with how this movie um, was was um, was portrayed. Like I just was not. All right, Bobby, 
Follow, you, follow up. Follow up. What did you think of <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984? Spoiler free. Well, you know, um, you you know when you go shopping and like you might see something in the store, like a shirt, for instance, and you try it on and it fits nice and it looks nice and you're like, all right, I'm good to go. And so, you know, you buy it, you go home, you're about to go out that night, you end up wearing that shirt and everybody's kind of like, well, I don't know that that looks as good as you think it does on you. And you're kind of like, well, I don't know. I thought it was all right. And so you pretty much after that night and all your friends have talked trash about the shirt that you were wearing that you felt good about, uh, you don't wear it out anymore, but you might still wear it around the house. And uh, I think that's how I feel about Wonder Woman 84. Uh, it's 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 got a lot of issues, but I still found that I enjoyed the movie overall. And um, I think once we get into a lot of the, uh, the, the spoilers, I can go into more things, but it just has a lot of legitimate issues that I found myself seeing people saying and myself that I was able to see and that I could not mount a defense for or even try to mount a defense for because they're right in what they're saying. But I can't help but to say that I still, when the movie was over and credits rolled after the mid credit scene, I was smiling and I, I had found that I had enjoyed it, even despite the issues I saw and despite the issues that I read and saw from other reviewers and people online. I, I was like, yeah, that's that's true. That, that's a good point. You're right about that. But I mean, I still had found that I enjoyed it. So I don't know um, that that hop happens very often where I can see a movie that has so many flaws and still say at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. But this does fall into that uh, level of uh, category for me. So uh, not a good movie, per se, in the way that it, it, it leaves a lot of issues on the table. But um, it was an enjoyable movie for me. So that's all I'll say until we get into some more spoiler territory. I'd say our prediction's pretty right on. Our prediction was pretty right on. I think it, I think it was. Uh Michelle, uh, we talked about it, like I said, last week, but yeah. uh, real quick to recap with your thoughts on the movie without spoilers. I think you and I basically echo what Bobby just said. I, w I would have. Pretty I would much. basically agree with that. Yeah. yeah I mean. I, I, I feel like the, the story you just told as you were telling and I'm like, okay, I see where you're going with this. I mean, yeah, that it's pretty spot on because. I mean, we feel the same. We We enjoyed the movie walking out of it. I hadn't personally heard much reaction to the movie before I saw it. Yeah. So then when I started to see all of the attacks the movie was getting, it started to make me feel a little like, I mean, yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but I didn't think it was this bad. Like, yeah. like I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I mean the same boat. Like I didn't really read anything before going in and I, I, I actually didn't. I didn't read anything going before going in, and I watched the film, and yeah, like I'm watching it going, mm, I feel not. Mm, I don't know about that. That's okay. And you can kind of pinpoint a few things as you're watching it in the first viewing, and but as a whole, like I walked out of the theater, 
going, oh, I feel pretty good. Like, is it what I hoped and dreamed? Mm, no, it, it does miss that mark for sure for a sequel. And I think one woman is owed a little bit more than what it got. But overall, I still enjoyed it. And then, yeah, like the hate online after I started reading. So I was like, man, I didn't think it was... I think it was that bad. I, there's a lot of issues, but and, and I almost I hate to compare it, but when I compare it to other films in the <laughs> Warner Brothers DC catalog, it's not close to the bottom where other ones are easily put for me. It's somewhere in the middle, um, but it's definitely not in the bottom levels of those films. Like, no, no, not not even close. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could list up three movies easily and go, those were total crap and way horrible compared to this one alone in the DC Warner Brothers section. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It it has a lot of issues and obviously we're going to talk about a lot of those things. But no, overall, I left happy, you know. Hell, I actually teared up in the mid end credit scene. Like, I literally was like... I think I even looked at David was like, I'm not crying at all. I'm super, super not. It's fine. I'm not emotional about this. Like, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's got problems, but I'm definitely not hating on it. Not like other DC films. I mean, yeah, you, I think we talked about it last week. It's something you'd pointed out. Like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that hated this movie that, I mean, considering the amount of love Aquaman got that. I would imagine a lot of those people also really dug Aquaman, and I just don't understand that. Like, I, I still to this day think Aquaman's pretty close to terrible, <laughs> and yeah. and I, I still can't understand why that got such acclaim. And then again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, back I- back this movie up. I, I, I. It's one of those movies that I I enjoyed it. Do I think it's great? No. Do I think it has issues in certain respects? Yes. But overall, I I walked out of the theater going, okay, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a little long, but yeah, I think if I literally just compared how I felt walking out of the theater from seeing One Room at Four and how I walked out of the theater from seeing Aquaman, then yeah, just based on the feeling I left that theater with, One Room at Four is enjoyable and good right i was not i was not angry (laughs) asking what did i just what did i just see in the silver screen as i did Mm -hmm. when i finished aquaman right all right anyways well that's our spoiler free thoughts let's (laughs) let's just go ahead and get into it and talk spoilers um so here from here on out we're going to be talking about spoilers for wonder woman in 1984 uh, if you haven't seen it, no, if I, if it doesn't sound like, I mean, we're kind of recommending maybe check it out. I mean, Hey, you can watch it at home if you have you HBO max. So yeah, you can totally it watch it at home, huh? and something to be pointed out too, for those who didn't hear our review last week, we saw it in a theater. Yes. Um, we were in theater yes. because we're in Florida and we're we, Florida we can do doesn't whatever care. We want here. There's no um, law here. <laughs> So with that, we're going to talk about spoilers for Wonder Woman 84. Uh, Bobby, I feel like I should turn things to you. You kind of seem to kind of set up that, hey, you you even want to touch on certain issues that people have pointed out that you, you know, can't defend. Like what 
what are some of the first things that come to mind that you're like, yep, I, I get that that's an issue that can't be defended. But Oh, the main or, issue or, for sorry. me. What? what? Oh, I would, I would, real quick. If he's, I'm, I'm so excited. There's like the greatest like thing I saw online and it basically puts into thought why this, the main, what I think most people's main issue is with the very end of the film happens. And it was very like, yeah, no, that's, that about sums that up for me. So I'm, I'm Okay, wait, wait, waiting. I'm gonna wait. I wait. Mm. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> random. Bobby, go ahead. Yeah, no. So for me, I think the main issue that I saw in the theater, and then I saw a lot of people echo that same sentiment, was the idea that in the way that the wish, the the wish stone or whatever it's called, I forget, is that um, she subconsciously wishes for Steve to come back. But then he comes back in someone else's body. And I just don't understand that writing choice as opposed to just having him kind of come back out of thin air when so many other things just appeared and mm. disappeared out of thin air. They didn't inhabit something else. It's just I didn't understand that either the rules of the way the wish worked or why they would choose that. And I just was thinking in terms of a superficial thing like, why complicated in that way that he would be in someone else's body? It just seemed like an odd choice. Uh, and it could have been just cleaner if he just came back, you know, completely as his old self and then went away as his old self. And then it wasn't until later and I started reading online and then people were making the point of uh, this guy and uh, his life being taken over by, uh, you know, Steve Trevor and not only are there uh, issues in which, okay, once things go back to normal, this guy is someone who broke into the White House. And he's like, all these things are on this guy's life now that, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't aware of. Did he have any friends or family that was missing him and all these things? And, and then there's the other aspect that I hadn't thought of that I guess it, it is kind of troubling when you think about it in today's society is the fact that you know they were getting it on and this guy never gave any kind of consent to be his <laughs> body mean, granted it's wonder yeah. woman but i mean he still you should be able to be allowed to say yes in that in that way and, and, and like again i say in today's society that it's a, a sensitive topic you know so it's uh, it's problematic and it, to me it was like okay i never thought of any of that but you could have done away with any of those um, types of thoughts if you just recreated him in his own body. And it just doesn't make sense why they didn't do that. And that no one saw any of these other issues. Like that's really the thing that um, I find interesting about this whole movie is that so many people saw all these different things and, and some I didn't see and some I did see, but you're telling me that, between the director, the writers, the executives, anyone else over at Warner Brothers who screened the movie, no one else pointed any of these other things out and yeah. said, maybe we could tighten that up somehow. It's just kind of uh, mind boggling. So that was maybe my biggest one that I, I bumped up against. And then I, I think the other one was, I, I, I suppose is just that I had an issue with in, in which, um, Barbara 
Minerva played by um, oh, Kristen Wiig. And when her and Diana are friends and getting along, it, it seemed a little forced, uh, but I went with it. But then it seemed like the minute Steve Trevor came into the picture, Diana treated Barbara like trash. <laughs> she was like, we're not hanging out anymore. Uh, I'll call you when I need you for something. It was just very, she she got upset with her about the stone, but without telling her why, I mean, she just went off on her a little bit. And it was like, dude, she doesn't know what the importance of why Maxwell Lord shouldn't have the stone. I mean, but you were just laughing it up with her the other day and now you're kind of treating her bad and not talking to her. And then if you need something, you're giving her a call to help you help her out. She was like a really bad friend, <laughs> really. And, and it was just kind of weird. <laughs> In, in a way, and it was just like, those are the two that I got on my own. There was definitely some other stuff that I didn't see. And, I, and once I started reading about it, I was like, yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that's that way. And well, let's, let's uh, I think probably one of those bit. are Michelle's things that she probably has. Well, let's, let's discuss the Steve Trevor thing. Because I think there's an overlying issue with the whole Steve Trevor thing. And that David and I kind of have, have talked about this. But I agree with you. Like, I think that it's almost like a cop-out that they did when they brought him back. They decided, we're bringing Steve back. And it just seems like such a compromise in her wish. Like, everybody else's wish just kind of happened, like, exactly as they wished it. And hers was a compromise. He was basically mm. embodying another person. His spirit was embodying another person's physical form. And it's, no, I'm with you. Like, that's that's really weird. But that's the underlying issue to the bigger issue, which is, did we need Steve to come back for this film? And mm. I don't think we did. I'm not saying I'm against the idea of bringing Steve back as a whole in the Wonder Woman series. Just don't know if it was necessary in this film. Now, I, I'm going to admit, like, there's mm. moments that I really like between him and Diana. And I think it was really nice to see the two of them in their relationship and how well they bounce off of each other. Um, emotionally in their connection that they have. So it's like there were some great highlights that did occur during the film with her and him. But overall, like, I don't think he was really a, that pivotal to the to, to, to the, the movie. The, the whole point is, you know, for her to basically say, I'm strong enough to renounce my wish. And my wish is the only thing I've ever wished for myself ever in the history of my life. So in that, it's it's big for her character development, but it's also still just, it's still just not nice. So I just don't know if he was even necessary in this Wonder Woman. So That's... to your point, Michelle, sorry, right before you say something, David. No, I could, I could tell in, you wanted but... to jump in, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, to Michelle's point, I really don't understand. If you're going to use Steve Trevor in this movie, then why set it in 84 and not in current 2020? Because that would solve a couple problems and give you more of a, a, of a resonance to his return. Because let's say this takes place post-Justice League. Then it adds more weight to the scene between her and Bruce when he's calling her out about Steve Trevor. And for him to now come back at a later date, it would make more sense because she's just brought that up back up again to the surface from Justice League and, and opening at an old wound. So there's that. But then also, you completely avoid the need for her to try and keep herself secret by knocking out cameras and stuff, because everybody knows she's there. Right. And then if people say, well, where's Superman and Batman and everyone else? Well, that happens in comic books all the time. Everybody's always dealing with worldwide 
disasters on their own comics. Yeah. So you could say they were dealing with stuff in their own movies or their own, you know, lives that they couldn't make it for this particular thing. But yeah, it, it's just a weird thing that if you wanted to bring them back, why set it in 84 and still have to tiptoe around things to not affect the stuff that already has happened in the current movies that we know about? It, it just seemed like an odd choice again to set it in 84 for whatever reason. I, I really still don't know why. And that's one of David's biggest points is is why set it in 84? And, and, and I go back and forth on it. Like, I will say like, did we need it to be set in 84? No. I do understand certain realities of what they did and why they did it. And, I, and to those points, I think it does make sense. But then the overlying argument that, I don't know, you're better explaining it, but I would say, like, I agree that what you're saying is, is it, it didn't need to be in the 80s. I get, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's not like I was in the writer's room, but I would imagine, like, the idea behind doing a, a Wonder Woman film set in the 80s, considering the Wonder Woman TV show and I think the kind of cultural, like, I don't know, statement of Wonder Woman in that era just kind of would be something fun to revisit, I feel like, was the idea here. Like, hey, like, a lot of people associate Wonder Woman with the 80s, um, so why not do a film set in that time? And considering, you know, how this DCEU has been working out, they were able to do that. So I, I guess I understand. That would be my guess as to why they did, did this. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's, and it and at first glance, like that's fine. I, I was kind of excited for it, but yeah, in hindsight, after having seen it, um, I, I think there is something to be said for you know not setting it in the '80s and doing it post BVS and Justice League because you do have that situation where you know you have the end of this film, and of course, yeah, do I think Wonder Woman's going to die in this? No, but you know you. You you eliminate those kind of possibilities where, you know, you those kind of stakes at the end of this film when you know that well, like she, she's obviously fine in Batman versus Superman, she's obviously fine in Justice League. Like that, you know, if if this movie had been set post that, maybe the stakes could have been a little different. And and yeah, when it comes to bringing Steve Trevor back, like. I don't have a problem with bringing him back, but I think it would have been better suited for like a third or a fourth film, like to, to bring him back yeah. immediately in the next film. We, we just had him in the first film and he died and now boom, it's only the second film and he's already back. I don't know. It felt like the kind of thing that, you know, big picture overall, I, I would have preferred them to wait. I think it would have had a better emotional impact having given a little, even, even more time to it, honestly. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, I'm hoping that the third one, which has been announced, it's going to be happening. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are going to finish it off. Um, I can only hope that it's going to be set in the present day, but, you know, post. They did uh, say it will be. Yeah. And yeah. so I felt like One Woman 3, we'll say One Woman 3, is where we, I think it would have been better for Steve to come back in. But I think the biggest issue, and I know that this is David's big issue, like I think this is your biggest issue with the film okay. is the very end is the ending. It's that everyone in the world is all going to agree to renounce their wish. Mm. 
Right. Okay. No, right. I mean, I, I bumped immediately as soon as she, you know, I, how do, how do they word it? Like, I, I rescind or something, my wish. Is that what they yeah. say? Like, yeah. yeah. I like, rescind yeah. my renounce. Yeah, renounce. I renounce my renounce. wish. Renounce. And she's running away from Steve and, like, she just says, I renounce my wish. And I remember in watching the movie, as soon as she did that, thinking, wait, 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 that's all you have to do is just go, I renounce my wish and it's gone. Like, I don't know. It felt a little too easy. It felt <laughs> and, too easy, but I also think it's not realistic that everybody would well, do that. And then, and yeah, when it comes to the very end of the film and, you know, she's trying to convince the whole world basically to renounce their wish. And I mean, you'd like to think that not everybody does like it. Maybe the majority of people did. And there's probably still some holdouts that didn't. But it's it's still. Oh, I mean, Barbara is the is the prime example of that. She didn't renounce her wish. She right. wanted nothing to do with that. Right. She like that's a perfect example of that. Mm hmm. So I, but then I, the movie makes it unclear because I think she eventually that's the thing. gives and in. Even, yeah, because even Patty Jenkins said she left it ambiguous yeah, she did for maybe possibly showing up in a third movie because you, like you say, Yasha, she doesn't do it on screen. But then the last time we see her, she's back in a human form. She's yeah. not in cheetah form. So it's yeah, like, but I don't think that's on? because I don't think. I don't think that's because she she renounced her wish. I think it's almost like the trickle down effect because Ford renounced his wish. Does that renounce everybody's wishes that he granted? No, no. it doesn't. So. I saw somebody some articles about that that said it doesn't uh, do undo everyone okay. else's wish. So it's just then, again then, the script. It's. But then again, that's that's exactly the problem is because it's like you know you can't leave stuff like that ambiguous because like that's something that I felt really cheated of like, and not to sound like corny or anything, but it's like cheated because uh, we really didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of her. We didn't get a chance to see mm. to, like, I thought that was one thing that I really liked was the development of her character and the development of her getting further and further and deeper mind and being basically with power. And then to the point where it's like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And I'm not letting this go. And she literally said like, like, no, I'm not renouncing shit. Even when it came down to her about to die, she's like, I'm not renouncing my wish. So leaving that ambiguous and leaving that like ultimate, I guess you could say question of whether or not she renounced her wish. I, I felt like that was a really, really, a really big mistake. I, I mean, I guess it's just like, I don't want to say poor judgment just because it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to say I didn't like the movie, but I just wasn't super pleased with a lot of the decisions that they made when it came to that like i thought that that was a huge mistake because that's how i interpreted it like and to hear that it's not like once max lord renounced his wish everything that he granted is moot and you're telling me that that's not the case so by all accounts the cheetah should still very much be there and she should be fine i mean my yeah uh, so all right about me really quickly uh it was pointed out and i didn't realize it either because i have i've only watched the movie once so i didn't notice and pick up on it but they said that max lord renounces his wish first but then you still see montages after that of people renouncing their wish and then that's when things disappear like the guy who was in egypt he renounces his wish and then the wall goes away another guy renounces his wish and then uh, i think it was the president and then the nukes went away so it wasn't it wasn't because max undid his wish they still had to individually do theirs so that's right. why it's like man it's such a messy way to do it, it and i mean and I, I really it, think that 
they didn't have to go that route. In the moment, I mean, that's the way I read into it. I mean, he he was essentially that stone for a period of time, and people wished on him. And just because he renounced his wish and is no longer, I guess, that stone, they still were wishing on that stone. <laughs> like, so just because he's no longer the stone anymore, essentially, if I'm making sense, they they didn't. It's not like their wishes are then now like negated. That's. That's the you way didn't, you didn't put the genie back in the bottle. Right. I mean, the then basically, I mean, I guess I would assume since he renounces his wish, that stone probably reformed in a physical form somewhere. You don't like, know. That's the thing. And when it came to the cheetah character, I guess my, my take on it in the moment watching the movie was that the, the whole like and I'm saying this as someone who knows nothing about that character outside of this movie. <laughs> I'm fully admitting this. Um but the the whole like her actually looking like a cheetah was not so much like like an additional I guess you know because there was that moment in the what helicopter or plane or something where he she kind of has like an additional wish but still I don't I didn't yeah I didn't see like the whole like her looking like an actual cat like being like this is the new uh, like wish. And now that she doesn't look like it anymore, that wish is gone. I think it was almost like a power kind of thing that. It's almost could be turned on and off. That's, that was at least my take on it. I'm not saying that's what happened, but. Okay, so I'm going to take a few steps back. So when they met with the gentleman who was from the ancient civilization with the Mayans, he very specifically was saying that if you look through the record books, it's basically down to this. One of two things has to happen. Every single person who ever had a wish on the stone has to renounce their wish or the stone has to be destroyed i.e. Max Lord would have to die, poof, everything's fixed, or B, every person in the world would have to renounce. Everybody that ever wished on the stone would have to renounce their wish. So it, that, to me, that means that everyone does renounce their wish. Even Barbara, to a point, I think she even gives in in the end and sees the bigger picture that the world is crumbling. Like, what's the point of even being this awesome if everything's just going to stop existing anyways? So she does it too. I'm not saying she did it willingly. I think she does it very begrudgingly, which is why she's very broken in the end. You can kind of see. The downside to this whole option is one, you're either going to have to A, have Wonder Woman break one of her cardinal rules, which is killing another human being, which she's not for. Like if she can avoid it, basically. And then the other option is getting the whole world to agree on renouncing a wish. We can't even get Americans to wear masks during a pandemic. So it's very unrealistic to me that everyone would just look at the greater good and that they would do it. Like, it doesn't right. seem that realistic, unfortunately. So is it that they were so afraid to make Wonder Woman have to kill up some a person and they were that afraid to lose that fan base? And to push her into a slightly darker corner of her character, I don't know. They went the other route. But couldn't they have alleviated the whole issue if they made the movie smaller? It didn't have to be so worldwide stakes. It could have exactly. just been about Maxwell Lord and his wishes for power 
individually and him being maybe super powered up and she have to battle him as opposed to everyone's in the world is wishing on him and and you they overcomplicated they it, went I too think, big way. they went way too big with yeah, it and totally. i think that was the other big that's the, the big issue with it it's like i get it you know they're saying that this is the stone that has brought down every major civilization in the history of the world so okay so we obviously don't want that to happen <laughs> you have two options and i think they just went way too big with the option unfortunately and it could have been a much narrower scope like you're saying bobby i agree um then when it comes to cheetah yeah like i'll be honest that moment in the plane when she's or the helicopter plane helicopter anyways with max lord Mm. um it's like not like she's wishing for more but she's wishing to take her she's she's asking to have her wish developed more almost and he's going, well, you've defended me and you were one of the first people to wish, you know what? You're going to have my back. I'll give you a little boost in your wish is kind of what he's doing in a way. And it takes her to the next level, which is taking the humanity out of her, basically the humanization of it all, which then she turns into an animal. Hmm. I was okay with that. Honestly, I know I'm one of the few. <laughs> Anyways, there's gotcha. so many I'm things. I'm curious because you're <laughs> yeah, quiet. Yeah. I know you probably have His a list of things right that you found wrong with it. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to hear it. He's like, I, I hate this movie more now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I mean, actually, I'm not like Michelle I'm, and, and everybody. I'm not totally against how she turned into Cheetah. Also, like, I, I was kind of on board with that. That made sense, you know, because, I mean, he even said it when he was escaping the White House or whatever. He was like, Everybody, you know, protect me and stop her, but leave her alone type of thing. Like, I mean, I don't remember what he said, but, you know, he was very much like, yeah, she has my back. I'm going to have her back. So that's not even where I'm my issues lie. My issues lie a lot more where it's like one of the things that I, I first noticed is like, hey, remember all those cool fight scenes that we had with Wonder Woman? Like when we first got a glance at her at Batman versus Superman, and then she was a badass in justice league. And then she was amazing in her own movie and all those amazing fight scenes where she was just totally over the top and like sliding on the ground and taking out all these people and being fast Mm. and cool. Yeah. Let's just take all of that shit out and not do that in this movie. (laughs) Like let's just completely remove that and have some horrible CGI run thing where her body is going super fast, but her hair is just completely perfect picturesque and she looks stunning let's do shit like that and by the way we're going to have her rope basically be an extension of herself almost like spider-man so she's going to use that throughout the entirety of the film as well um some of those are like just the topographical things that i just watched and i was just like i i was so disappointed with her first introduction uh back to the world like that mall scene like we didn't even really get a chance to see anything like i was like this is wait what And I was so bummed. And then I know in the new 52 and everything like that, she can fly. And I'm not even mad at the fact that she can fly. I am disappointed in how she learned how to fly. Like it just seems so very weak in, in, in scope and just passive and like, like, nothing matched with what she was doing and how she was doing it. Like, you know, like I I get that she's supposed to look beautiful all the time. Fine. But like, she's just like, she's flying through the air and her hair's laying on her shoulders. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is just so just 
I was just bummed. Like it, it just didn't really resonate with the character that we had gotten a chance to see and, and watch in action for three films now. And it's just, it's, it's just always taken away from us. Like, it's just like, I, I just don't feel like it really got a chance to enjoy some of those, those moments again. Like part of the, the, my joy of watching some of these movies is seeing what the special effects are going to do and, and get a chance to really see what the characters powers and abilities and everything like that. Like I I'm like super into and seeing what they're going to do and how close they're going to stay to the comic or how far they're going to veer from it. And I just was wildly disappointed. I wasn't even disappointed. I don't know what they've said about the, the invisible jet. I actually really liked how they brought in the invisible jet and that was a cool surprise. And I knew right away that it was happening. And I thought that was a really fun little throwback. Um, I'm not mad at that. I'm just, some of the other things that were going on, I'm just like, this is corny. Like I like, and I get that maybe they were even trying to have it be kind of campy since it is 1984. And you can kind of feel that that was the direction that they wanted when it came to the directing and everything like that. But overall, I was just like, I was bummed with their introduction, bummed when we really got a chance to see her use her powers. And then when we finally did get to see her on, she made this stop for this armor that really didn't hold up at all against Cheetah. And you kind of makes you wonder, like, when you watch it, it's like, when did you have time to stop and put that thing on? Because it looked like a bear to put on. And now she's now she's in this armor. And it was just kind of like, all right. And we see this, like, maybe a two-minute fight scene with Cheetah when I was really looking forward to a really badass showdown. And I just feel like we missed out on that. It's it's funny you bring up the flying scene because I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the flying scene. And not that I'm hating on Wonder Woman flying. I think it was the way they did it. To me, it seemed a little too... It, I think that was probably one of the cheesier parts for me. It, I kept, I'm watching it and I kind of kept thinking to myself that line that Woody says in Toy Story, it's falling with style. And that's mm. kind of what I felt like was <laughs> happening. She was falling with style. Like... Hmm. Yeah, no, so, like for real. Like I, I mean, I'm not mad at the fact that she's flying either, because like I said, she flies in the comics in the new fifty two, yeah. she flies in some of the animated movies that we have. Like I'm all in. But I was really stoked to see this. I was really stoked to see her like catching the lightning and yeah. like swinging from the lightning. Like I thought that was gonna be badass. Like I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And what did we get? We got the exact same fucking clip that we got during the trailer, and that was it. I was like, man. Yeah, it was that it sucks. was it was a it was not executed well and I think it was kind of lackluster. I agree with you though. I like the way they did the jet and how, you know, she summoned the powers that her forefathers did to actually just encapsulate and make the entire uh, island of Themyscira invisible. And I thought that was really cool that they they pulled it all together. I thought that was executed well. And I think as far as the overall like feel for the film, look to the film, some of the campier things, it's all just throwback. I think um, they were just trying to give it a very 80s feel in many different ways, in the lighting, in the sh some of the angles of the shots of the camera, the way the effects were done, the way the fighting was done. I think Patty was just really trying to harken back to the 70s and 80s with Linda Carter. And I think she was just trying to really get that feeling in there. But then also just the idea of 80s movies as a whole. 
And I think that's what they were going with. And and in all honesty, I kind of enjoyed it. There was moments I was watching it. I felt like I was actually turning pages of a comic, the way that things were kind of unfolding. Like, you know, nerdy ways that, like, the bad guys are running through the mall and, oh, wait, stop. Oh, punch. Oh, wow. Like, it almost looked like scene for scene, like, still for still for me if I were to be looking at it through a comic. So I thought that was actually kind of cool in some ways. But I agree some of the effects weren't done specifically that way. Some of the effects, I think, were kind of weak. It's like I have, we- I have weird like love hate for some of the stuff that happened throughout this whole film, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what else to add to that. At this I mean, I remember we saw that mall scene at had- Hall- in Hall H. I mean, God, how long ago was that now? That was, was like, what, 10 years three ago? Three years ago, like <laughs> or something like that. It's been a while. And I remember when we watched that mall scene thinking i don't know what i think it is yeah we were <laughs> kind of perplexed was, i remember i'm like but it's out of context like totally you know i totally i was, was. just kind of like dismissed it i'm like yeah out of context this seems kind of maybe not my thing well but... they even had storyboard kind of chopped in a few po- points didn't they oh i don't remember i think it was i, I mean, mean it's it was been really so long now rough. I, I can't remember <laughs> it was really rough green screen shots and yeah right anyways yeah, this this movie's a mixed bag, in my opinion. Bobby, where we're sorry. at. Yeah, no, I just feel like again, that's the, the I like that she flew for a lot of the reasons. That it is like stated. that's why I said it's like I didn't hate it, like by no by no means. Oh, oh sorry. It looked like Yasha was saying something. Yeah, and then he froze. <laughs> okay, no, well, so. Um, I had no issue with her. Yeah, flying, I was, but again, and then I froze up for a second there. <laughs> he's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but my thing was that um, again, this seems like it was something. It's almost like they didn't think they were making a third movie, and they just decided to throw a lot of things that Wonder Woman can do all in this movie. Because why not save her flying for the next movie when it takes place in current time? Because it's not like she flew that I can remember in Batman v Superman or in Justice League. So why give her that ability here? Then she doesn't do it in either of those two movies. And then I, I'm assuming she'll do it in the third one. But it just, again, it, it's so weird that they do and try to cram so much into this one movie that it just, doesn't feel like it, it's as cohesive as it could have been because there's a lot of good ideas working there and a lot of um, interesting concepts. It just wasn't done in a way that I think that uh, was satisfiable to a lot of people. Um, I, I, one thing that and I'm curious where you guys land on this because I've seen it um, in different places. Not that it was something I came up with, but I, I didn't see it until it was shown in that way is that with the flying thing and also with the renouncing the wishes, neither of those things come from Diana or Wonder Woman herself. They're presented to her by Steve. And that tended to happen in the first movie as well is that she loses a sense of agency because uh, this male character keeps having to be the one to introduce things to her. And I hadn't thought of that, but I guess that's true. Like she didn't want to renounce her wish until Steve kind of essentially made her see that she had to, as opposed to her coming up with it herself and having to deal with maybe that pain 
And maybe that's why she's so angry at uh, Bruce in Justice League, because she had to make this choice herself to, you know, get rid of Steve Trevor. And just the idea of her flying again was presented by Steve that you, it's sort of like letting yourself go and, and wide, riding the, the air kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, I guess I never put that together, but I could see why people would have an issue with it because Wonder Woman doesn't seem to be making some of these big major decisions in her life herself without being presented by someone else. Yeah, I mean, I would say from a feminist point of view, it kind of sucks. And from like a Wonder Woman, you know, she's she's a strong, independent woman who could do things on her own. For her to not kind of come around the box outside of it and think about those things on her own, it's a little depressing. But the same thing, like, I guess I don't feel like it was Steve educating her on how to do those things. Like, you know, for me, I feel like she, especially when it comes to like renouncing her wish, I think she caught on to pretty quickly what she had to do. Like they, they basically had an argument about it in her, in her apartment, you know, like I feel like she knew pretty, pretty quick and fast when she was meeting with that guy who was a mind ascent, like, Oh F (laughs) this is what's going to have to happen. Um, then when it comes to her flying, like, I think it was, a moment that I think it was an epiphany moment for her. She was just like, yeah, like he's pointing out. It's just that simple. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I try to take too hard of a left turn on that when it comes to that kind of stuff to me personally. Um, but I can see where other major hardcore Wonder Woman fan base would, would be like, why is the man calling all the shots? And I don't disagree with that thought process, but I think I kind of, Okay, I blur it a little. I'm okay with it. I hadn't considered it and while watching the movie, but I mean you pointing it out, Bobby, like Yeah, it's true. That that does happen. I guess that's that's unfortunate, but I I have to admit it's not something I bumped on while watching it. It hadn't really crossed my mind. Um, but I think overall, like I, I enjoyed it. I really loved Kristen Wiig's performance. I thought she was fantastic. Um, I'm very happy with it. And I really like the development of Cheetah's character. I thought it was done really, really well. Who knew? I, I think for that aspects of things, that was really good. I think Maxwell Lord was a little bit weak, but we can't always get everything. When there's two villains in a story, things get a little mucked up sometimes. Um, that was one of your big things. You didn't like two villains. Uh, I mean, I wasn't like automatically... You weren't like hating on it. No, I don't. I don't want to be clear. I'm not automatically like, oh man, I don't want more than one villain in a movie. Like, but it was just something that I was kind of trying to. You know, we talked about last week. I was trying to remember, like, hey, in this case, I think the two villain thing maybe didn't quite work. I don't think it was terrible here. I definitely don't think this is the worst example of like, you know, you have too many villains in a movie. But it just made me think, hey, how many times has it worked? Um, but I don't yeah. know. I'm not fully hating on it. Here. I mean, there's another DC film with two villains that does not work at all. So, you know, BVS. Oh, that's um, horrible. Anyways, uh, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to di- dig into. <laughs> BVS. No, it sounded like you were going to go somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, right. I was just thinking two villains in a movie. Um, no, I think overall there's, it's enjoyable, but there's a lot of issues and it makes me wonder like, were these things that it was Patty Jenkins' executive decision-making on? Was it execs from Warner Brothers still just not having a freaking clue what to do with the character, let alone 
all the characters and all the ideas behind all of DC as a whole. Is that it? I mean, I know that's what Yash is going to tell me he agrees on, but <laughs> oh, look, there it is. Um, you know, <laughs> like it, it's a, it's a mixed bag and it just sucks because it's like we're saying, you know, there's so many things that can be done for the third film now, but it's almost like they crammed everything into this one because they, for some reason, still weren't sure they were going to be doing a third one. Are you kidding me with this? Of course there's going to be a third one woman. Like, why cram everything into this? And you know you're going to do a third woman to woman. But again, it's, it's them not having the faith in the character, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand Warner faith Brothers. Faith in the character, their product, yeah. their storyline, their director. Like, pick pick your pick your poison. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I really think it could be all of them. They're just... They're so excited and so amped, I think, on trying to find the sure thing. It's like, well, how do we make this a sure thing? Well, let's just throw everything in it. And that's part of the problem that I'm starting to realize. Instead of taking a step back and, like, it, it can't always be rushed. It just can't. Like, I mean, if you look at the success of Marvel over their tenure, they took literally 10 years of development. Yeah to get this stories right and to really make these movies. And they're like, yeah, okay, we're going to start this. And right away, it's like, I mean, the the very first one, Iron Man, when he says, I'm here to talk about the Avengers initiative. If that movie bombed, there is no MCU. There is no legacy of 10 years. And it's a Robert Downey Jr. movie that just hap- he happened to do after he got out of jail. Like, it's literally nothing. But the fact that they did it right slowly building up it's like okay we have this we're gaining traction now we have the capital to reinforce this and this is making this better let's go ahead and move this this is going to be a huge thing we can make this into a huge event and they did but they didn't rush it it took 10 years yeah like a decade worth of films like this is like warner brothers tries to rush everything and they put like almost the background for every character in a flash drive in fucking batman's computer like are you shitting me yeah it, it, like it and with the hopes that that's doing. going to launch something they're just they they really lack the confidence in what they have and then it, it, it clearly shows they do well my biggest takeaway from all of this <laughs> something i i'm just I, I feel like we're kind of getting recap mode now but uh you know the thing you pointed out from the top bobby like i hadn't really thought about a lot the whole like body issue with steve trevor <laughs> like, i kind of did in that morning uh, I mean, after I did scene a, a little bit but i did in the morning after scene but yeah like i mean i'm not saying it's totally that kind of thought has now killed the movie for me or anything but yeah i mean I, I remember in the theater thinking as that was beginning to play out like and we see the scene with her meeting the guy at the the gala and i'm like wait what is happening here and how is he going to turn into steve trevor and i realized mm-hmm. oh wait he's not it's just that's what we're looking we're he's like seeing. reincarnated we're we're seeing what she's imagining he is but he doesn't really look like that you know but that that did kind of bug me at first but it's it's also like playing into the the her needing to rescind her wish it makes it even more problematic for me where I already somewhat had a problem with the fact that she was having such a hard time rescinding her wish when it was clearly obvious this needed to happen. <laughs> like, And yet Wonder Woman is still <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I get that 
you know, she loves this man. But even that, I will say, like, I as much as I feel like their relationship is developed well in the first film, I would argue it's not s- developed to a point that she is that tied up into, man, I want this man needs to be back in my life. I don't care that the world is literally falling apart around me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that was a problem for me, especially combined with the fi- combined with the fact that it's not, this is she, he, this guy took a man's life. Like this, <laughs> he's in someone else's body. Like, could it be any again. more clear that dude, you, how are you even considering this? <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm all play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay. And I'm not saying I don't just, I don't agree. I disagree with you. I'm just saying, let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. So Steve Trevor is the very first love of her life. Like it's the first man she's ever met. First love of her life. First person she's ever, you know, laid in bed with. Um, and then he's, he's, taken away now mind you by his own choice he sacrifices himself um but then she goes on and she lives she lives an entire lifetime a person's lifetime without this love and she's 70 years or so i mean that's a that's a lifetime and so you know it's one of those things like she's never really loved again She's obviously still hung up on him. And maybe she got to a point where she did move past it. But I don't think you can ever get past that point sometimes. And in in movies and in comics, when you love, you love forever. Captain America. Um, Like, it's just kind of one of those things. It's a storyline that true love never dies. And then to actually have the person, I'll admit, reincarnated basically in some other complete stranger's body... But to realize that that's the same soul, the same spirit, and that's that person. And to have that back in your life. And it's been gone for so long. So very, very long. Even for just a brief amount of time. Like, obviously, she latches right onto it. And she's like, and she says it. She says it very clearly in her apartment when they're arguing. She's like, it's the only thing I have ever, ever wanted in my entire life is to just share my life with you, basically. Like, that's it. That's the only wish she's ever wanted. That's all of it. Nothing else. Do you, like that would Michelle, be hard do you to think... that would be hard to give up. Even though the world's crumbling around you. Yes, I fully agree. And <laughs> no, it's not the body of the guy you fell in love with. But if you look at it kind that's, of that's a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the Michelle to me and, and I know you're playing devil's advocate. And I, yeah, here, go ahead. Reincarnation. I, I am curious as to not that you have this answer. But I, I and I would love to see who um, would speak on this. But from a feminist point of view, again, it wouldn't that mean that she's basically wrapped all up in this one guy and really choosing not to stand strong in her own ability to, you know, choose the right thing. And yet she's throwing all of her hopes and wishes into this guy and, and not, you know, it, it seems problematic even from that standpoint. I'll, I'll agree with that. Regardless of the whole love life thing. I'll agree with that. But if you had wanted this one thing, it's the only thing you've ever wanted in your entire life and you get it. And then you realize you, you can't keep it. It's not like you just be like, oh, all right, I can't keep it. Send it back. You'd probably be begrudging of doing it too. You'd be like, damn it. Why does the universe hate me? Why can't I have the one thing I wanted? 
son of a monkeys, there's gotta be a way around this. Okay, let's figure this out. Let's start knocking some heads. How can I keep the one thing I've ever wanted in my life, ever? And eventually she comes around and she goes, okay. And she goes, okay, you know what? This sucks eggs, but it is what it is. No, it and does. She and does. I, don't get me wrong. I understand the scene where she's like, oh, there's got to be another way to do this because she doesn't want to give up her wish. <laughs> but I feel like it's pretty quickly determined it's not another way. And I think it would be to her credit as a as the character of Wonder Woman that she would have been a little more quick to go. Sorry, Steve. It's been fun to have you back. But. Mm-hmm. I I think it it kind of knocks her personality, her her character as Wonder Woman down a little bit. That that she still holds on to that as much as yeah, she does. I Even think, considering everything you've pointed out, I get what you're saying. I know, I'm, gonna, I'm backing up. But now. but yeah, I I it's it's a problem for me. I, I I agree. I feel like during say the apartment scene where they're having that argument i kind of get where she's going from but i will say when it gets to the point that she's fighting cheetah and she's obviously a diminished strength and everything about her is wilting away because the wish has to take something in order to give i think at that point she should have had more of a okay look stevia this is this is clearly not working out. <laughs> and I think that should have been it. But I felt like even he had to keep shoving her into a wall and like knocking her head going, you really have to get rid of me. And that in a way made it seem like it wasn't so much her choice, which on yeah. one side, yeah, she did. She chose in the end to sacrifice Steve. Thank God, because if it had been him saying I'm sacrificing myself again, I would have been like, okay, we, we've completely killed all feminist rights here. But it did take her a long time to come around to finally just going, yeah, okay, you're right, Steve. Like, hey, yes, this is officially the the, the breaking point. It, it, I felt like they pushed the breaking point too far with her. It's just another example of back to the what I started this with, Bobby, with the, the, the guy's body that he has taken. Another reason why they should not have done that. Like, because if that had not been the case, if indeed he just kind of came back as his, in his own body, I'm not saying she still wouldn't have been like, no, I still have to rescind my wish. But then I would at least have somewhat have bought into a little more of her like holding up as much as she did. Because, yeah, yeah this is truly him. Like, oh, she no, fights it hard. especially she, at the end. she fights it hard, even though like there's a there's a guy here who had a life and probably would like his life back. And and yet she is still like no i want you for me and i just care about us even though you basically have killed a guy for all intents and purposes like that no i agree but doesn't this all go back to the very first scene of the movie (laughs) when she is taught that even though the truth as painful as it can be can still be a lovely illusion but that the truth is always the thing that's going to win out in the end sure that is where they do that. that I mean, that, that's where they try and tie that in. Right, it is. It's just clunky. It's, it's very it's, clunky. I fully agree with yeah. you. There's clunks and knocks and bangs into doorways the whole way through, for sure. But that's the yeah. point. Yeah. Boom. You can't cheat. You got <laughs> to play it straight, Yeah. yeah basically. Right. But Even yeah. though the truth it's sucks. It's clunky. Yeah. It is. I agree. <laughs> None of us disagree on this. No, no. <laughs> no. I feel like we were all arguing about it. 
I like to beat levels. a dead horse. We're arguing level with me. Right. For the most part, we're still all on the same page. Yeah. I think. No, I was hoping to watch it. I kind of hoping too. to watch it again before we did this spoiler too. review. And, and now I'm going to kind of move into binging top 10 shows or movies. We'll but, watch it again after the top 10 show. Yeah, I'll, I'll rewatch it at some point. I'll be curious to see where I land after the second viewing. I agree. Yeah, because I'm actually curious because you guys got a chance to see it in theaters and in the quality and level that that holds, how it compares on HBO Max. To that's been my, that's been my curiosity. In the theater, so. Well, we did kind of watch like a whole minute of it the one day we were testing just different like formats of the TV. And well, I mean, because I mean, we, like we've been, t- been talking about where you could watch it in 4K. Yeah. I only have HBO Max available because of the Xbox Series X. And mm. and in that app, it showed it as, hey, 4K. So I was curious. And it's I will say it. playing it... I. Looking at just the image, I was like, I don't think this is 4K. But then I, I went into the TV settings, and indeed the TV was acting like, yep, I'm receiving. 4K. This is 4K. It's a 4K resolution. So I don't know. Hmm. But we didn't but that watch. Was a the, minute. The, yeah, was, we watched like a minute. Of the it was movie. like a whole minute. Um, no, I would like to rewatch it again from start to finish. In home, surround, you know, with the with the stereo and the TV and the 4k and everything and just kind of see how it is. But I mean, yeah, no, I feel like, I mean, yeah, we were in the Dolby digital screening. So, I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, we had lots of room and like that room is also just, it's created to perform at the max that a film can be pushed to at this day and time at this point, basically. And so we were definitely getting the best of the best while we were watching it in the theater for sure. Definitely. Were there a lot of people there? I mean, I'm pretty sure the room was, sold out for how they were selling it yeah it was sold out for their capacity yeah this is the day after christmas it was the day after christmas Mm -hmm. nice little matinee time worked out well got a cool bucket you you guys had mentioned um or someone mentioned something about wb and dc and their plans and stuff and earlier last week or maybe late last week it was announced that Walter Hamada had been in an interview and he mentioned the fact that uh, DC's future going uh, forward will be that they will be releasing six movies a year and four of those movies will be theatrical and two will be streaming. And they already even said the two that will probably be streaming on HBO Max will be Batgirl and Static Shock. So, uh, I don't know. Do you guys feel good about the fact that maybe they have this plan and are trying to roll forward with stuff? Or or are you still kind of uh, a little bit skeptical and not only if this will happen, but the quality of it, if it does happen? Uh, I'll say first, um, I I mean, I guess it goes back into like my reaction to that Disney investor day stuff where it was just so Mm. much stuff. It's going to probably sound similar to my reaction to that, which is, I believe it when I see it. Like I feel like we've seen a lot of that kind of stuff, especially from WB, where they make announcements or just say things. And is there really a plan to do that? (laughs) You mean WB just saying whatever they want, not really having a plan? Is there really been a lot of discussion about putting out six films a year and having two of them being on streaming? Like I, I question that. Yeah, interesting. That's that's my initial reaction to that. 
I guess I buy it only in the sense that they want to be able to build HBO Max into something. Mm -hmm. And the surefire way to do that is look over at what the competition is doing, which would be MCU Marvel and say, hey, they're building their Disney Plus and, and integrating it with their movies. And this seems like a thing that could work and we could do this as well. And so uh, them wanting to have movies that they own outright as opposed to um, that they're making in conjunction with other people that they don't want to miss the theatrical window. They own it. They can put it wherever they want to put it. And so I think I could see um, the viability of having some of these big major movies introduced on HBO Max first, but I don't know if they'll hit six a year. Um, that's where I kind of don't know and maybe question and maybe they'll do three to four, but six seems pretty ambitious. Six is not only ambitious, but here's my thing. I bet you they probably could do six. However, it's gonna be at a heavy cost. Production quality, storyline, character developments. You can't rush that. It's like what Yasha was saying. Marvel took 10 years. They were doing two, three films a year when they were releasing them. They took their time with things. Things were planned out. This To do six films in a year, you're, they, could, they could do it. They could totally do it. Netflix does it. Jesus. I mean, anybody can do it. But you're going to sacrifice everything else just to knock out six to do it. So it's like, what do you want? Quality versus quantity. And yeah, I think it's just, it's stupid to say, we're going to do six and they're going to be amazing. You can do six, but they're going to be amazing. Or you can do, take your time and work it out. And then, yeah. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. I'm with David. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I guess that's where I am. Yasha did it. Were you going to sound like you were going to chime in? or (laughs) No, no, I was just... I was agreeing with Michelle one hundred percent. Like it's just I mean, she basically reiterated a lot of what I said, but I, I was in agreement with what she said. It's just like doing six is like you're okay, like if you say so. Like, <laughs> like, all right. like sure, you can do it. It's gonna cost you everything quality wise to go with it. But sure. <clears throat> Why not? Light it on fire. Well, so so part of that too in that announcement was the thing that I'm, I really am curious how David feels about this, is that Walter Hamada said that not only will we have that, but we're going to have two concurrent Batman series going on, one with Robert Pattinson and another one with the Batman that will replace the Ben Affleck version of Batman in our DCEU stuff. So... Is there such a thing as too much Batman? <laughs> Yasha's shaking his head. No. <laughs> like, no, is it? I don't like it. But, David, you are the, the biggest Batman fan. Of the, the Batman group. expert. Uh, uh, to me, I think it's too much. That is too much. But No, I... I'm with you. I mean, I've agreed with you when it comes to, like the animated stuff. You know, you you've pointed out yeah. time and oh, time God. again. Like as good as all those WB DC, uh, you know, animated features are, it's just unfortunate that so many of them are so just Batman centered. Yeah, they are. You know, when it's such a big universe, like uh, yes, Batman is my guy, but I I've also been here going, where is Man of Steel two? I want to see more <laughs> Superman. You know, like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I absolutely think that's a terrible idea to have a two kind of uh, people. I don't know. Pe- <laughs> it hurts the head. Because um, it, it's hard enough with the general audiences. I mean, we are, you know, we keep up on this kind of stuff. We know this stuff. You know, I, I still talk to people who don't understand where certain Star Wars things fit in the Star Wars timeline. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and then to have, like... I know people uh, that don't two, understand where Joker fits in. Right. Like, but then to have, like, if you had two Batmans film series going on at the same time how many people even though it, it it's the kind of thing that shouldn't matter like who cares if they're entertaining shouldn't. batman movies they're entertaining batman movies but people will like get hung up on that people will be like oh well i don't understand why is there's this batman and this batman like what what's happening like i yeah. mean even though who cares were they good cool they were good like, what does it matter like But that's the kind of thing that will bug people and will turn people off, even though I'm not saying it should, but I think it would like, I, I, I don't understand that logic. Like why, why do that? Like you've already kind of, I feel like you've already said, even though you're continuing with the pot, the characters who have done well, like I guess you're going to make another Aquaman film. You're making a third Wonder Woman movie. We're still continuing with, some of the characters from the Zack Snyder Justice League that are have worked for the W for WB, but the others like Batman, I guess, you know, Ben Affleck's done. But yet what I are you saying that we're gonna have another character, another Batman post Ben Affleck, but it'll be in that universe or something? Like Yeah, that's what, that's that, what no, it sounds that's, like. And then I'm not feeling that. So, I mean, I feel like they've already saying, given up the whole Justice League thing, right? I mean, obviously, we're getting the Zack really Snyder like cut, but I, I, I feel like they said, hey, we're just going to do DC movies that are all standalone. And I'm all for that, actually. Like, that's that's totally cool with me. But they do Flashpoint, right? And, if yeah. you're going to do that, why not that's just what do I was gonna say. why not just do the Robert Pattinson Batman? And yeah, just let it. It looks like that could be really solid. Yeah, it does. <laughs> cool. Let's just let's just love that and not do anything else. Let's I take the approach that everybody it. should be taking the approach when it comes to entering 2021. Let's just walk cautiously, <laughs> don't touch anything, and try not to fuck anything up. Put your hands in your pockets, keep your eyes straight, don't talk too much. Yeah. M- Michelle, you touched on it. They basically said that Flashpoint is going to be the answer and that it will create an earth one which will be the dceu and then earth two which would be robert pattinson's batman uh movies and, and that universe and that mm-hmm. makes sense to I'm me i'm sure there'll be more and that makes sense to us but i think yeah. on a general audience level whoosh, Maybe really. depends on how they do yeah, it because yeah, they understand yeah. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so they understand the idea of multiverses. So it just depends on how they execute it in Flashpoint, which is yeah. if they'll be able to buy into it. So it makes me wonder if we'll see a bit of Bat- uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman in the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, and then I think the unfortunate situation Warner Brothers is in now with with Spider-Man three already in production and obviously going down this road. <laughs> yeah. Now Warner Brothers is in that spot where, you know, it, it makes them Looks look like, like they're, they're just playing, you know, to what Copying Marvel them. is doing, even right. though it sounds like, I mean, which has been the same way that they've been doing for a long time. Yeah, it's, 
even though that may not if be the gonna case do it, here, just, do just the timing of yeah. it, because Warner Brothers is taking so timing. long to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We've been talking about a Flash a movie for how long now? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. No kidding. You know, so it's, how many people are going to go, oh, they're just yeah. copying Marvel. It, yeah. 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 And this Wonder Woman 84 discussion is going <laughs> to... Oh, well, we, we finished that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers. So, with that, Anyhow. we've gone on for a bit. Uh, does yeah. anybody else have any last things that uh, they really want to chime in on with Wonder Woman before we all I'm gonna call say, that case closed? All I'm going to say is I enjoyed Wonder Woman 84, and anyone who's interested in Wonder Woman who might just enjoy it, and or people that are Wonder Woman fans and want to see more, I say watch it and see for yourself and make your own decisions. But don't not watch it just because of some stuff on the internet right now. Just, just watch it, make your own opinion. Anyone else? Yeah. yeah. No, I, that sums it up. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. And with that, we are going to get out of here. As always, Wait. we would love to hear back from everyone listening and watching. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. Uh, you can reach out to us at flicker underscore effect at both Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, please uh, leave a comment or question down below. Make sure to like and subscribe. Hit that bell icon to be notified whenever we post any videos or go live in the future. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching.